whiny and sticky, life is hilarious. Like our prime uh, family photo here. This is actually the one that's framed because this is real life, right? Um, anyway, but yeah, so let's talk about this morning. Life is a circus, right? I mean, I don't know about other parents or adults in the room, but giving your kids sugary blue snow cones at 9 a.m., right? Yeah, I see some of you out there that are like, and then I have the parents who are like trying to hold the balloon down low so it doesn't fly. Like, it's okay, let the balloon fly. Life is a circus, right? Skittles, popcorn, cotton candy. Oh, and then we want those little sugary darlings to sit still for an hour in big kid church, right? So if you have a squirmy kid sitting beside you, like, just give them a pass. And kids, if you have the kids' bulletin, I brought one up with me. The sermon notes, hopefully you have pencils. This is to keep you from getting too bored. And you can draw on the back. There's a whole situation there. So, yeah, because I know how that works. Uh, anyway, um, but for real, I'm super happy to be here today. Uh, when Pastor Tim and Pastor Fran asked if I would teach on Life is a Circus Day, I laughed a lot. Um, see, I have this uncanny gift, this ability, um, some would say, to hear one thing and automatically know that it means something else, right? Like it's Jeremy, my husband's favorite thing ever. He'll say something, and I know he's saying something else, right? Prime example. Man, Liz, you look great today. What I hear is, so you've been looking rough for a while, but, you know, today's not as bad, right? That's not what he said, but that's what he said. So when Pastor, when Pastor Tim and Fran said, hey, Liz, will you teach on Life as a Circus Day? What I hear is, your life is insane. Like, your life is so crazy. Like, surely you have to have some sort of something to share with folks from your crazy life. And I was like, okay, right? So uh, I'm excited to be able to do that today. Uh, before I get into scripture, I'm just going to take a second and pray because I just need to do that. So I know we've already prayed, but I'm just going to go there. So if you want to bow your heads with me. Uh, Lord, I love you a lot, and I thank you for today. I thank you for this opportunity. Um, God, I just stand here today. I want to hear from you. I don't want to just come and sit in a room and do the things and sing songs and whatever. Lord, I, I want to hear from you, and I believe that you want to speak to me and to us. And so I invite your spirit. I, I ask that through your word, Lord, we would learn something about you, that we would maybe be moved into action. So I just I pray that today. I claim that today, and I just thank, for, uh, thank you for bringing us here. Amen. So Jonah, right? Ooh, Jonah. So a few things I love about Jonah. Number one, super short book, right? Like the book of Jonah is 48 verses. Like that's shorter than some Psalms, like in and of themselves. Like 48 verses in the whole stinking book. Like you can get through it like that. Thank you, Jonah. Number two, and this is maybe one of my faves, uh, Jonah was pretty mediocre, <laughs> Okay, so kids, mediocre is a fancy word for average. Normal, underwhelming, right? Like Jonah is my guy, right? So uh, mediocre Jonah, so it, it's great. But in all of Jonah's underwhelmingness, his life and his story, crazy. It was nuts. And that is actually where I'm going to start today. So uh, it's going to be on the screens, but if you have that thing called the Bible and, or a smartphone or any of the things, you're welcome to open there too. But it's Jonah 1, verse 1 to 3a. 
The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. You can say that however you want to. Um, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord. Uh, Hello, Jonah. Right? Um, Jonah, like, that's not how it works. And again, this is why I like Jonah so much, because I can see myself in Jonah. What happens when I don't want to do what I'm supposed to do? Nah, I'm good. I'm just going to ride this one out. Like, thanks. I I don't want to do that. Right? Like, I can see myself in Jonah. And of course, we know we're not supposed to tell God no. I mean, We all do, probably, but, I mean, we know we're not supposed to. Like, come on, Jonah. Anyway, Jonah 1-3. But Jonah ran away from the Lord. He headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. My man, Jonah, right? Like, thank you, Jonah. So, Jonah is not feeling the whole Nineveh thing. In fact... He decided to create his own thing on the complete opposite spectrum of of Nineveh. Like, yeah, okay, no. Um, So at this point, it's going to help to know a little bit of uh, geography. I am not smart. So sorry, parents, I teach your kids, okay? I'm not smart. Uh, But I researched, also known as I Googled. Um, Anyway, so from where Jonah is at this point, um, Nineveh was 500 miles north and east of where Jonah was, right? So northeast of where Jonah was. Um, It was a major city on the banks of the Tigris River, uh, the capital of Assyria. In today's terms, I discovered this, uh, it would be in Iraq, about 300 miles north of Baghdad. So that's the Nineveh. Now, Tarshish was about 2,000 miles west in Spain. Nineveh, Tarshish, right? So we're talking like a 2,500-mile gap here from God's call to to Jonah's plan. So just the spectrum. Now, two things stick out to me about this verse. One, if you're anything like me, we all have a Tarshish, right? Like we all have that thing that we run to when we're trying to not do the thing we're supposed to do, right? Like maybe it's shopping, Maybe it's eating, TV, sports, kids. We have the thing to fill our life. Those were just the PG things I mentioned, obviously. We all can fill our life with the thing that, we, that keeps us busy so we don't have to deal with the thing we're supposed to do. We all have a Tarshish. Number two about this verse, how easy it was for Jonah to find a ride there. Like, let's think about it for a second. So Jonah says, I, I'm going to run from God because, you know, I'm just going to do that. He heads for Joppa, where he just happens to find a boat going to where he wants to go. So, again, coincidence, right? What are the chances? Oh, my gosh. Remember, it is a long way from Joppa to Tarshish, like long way. It is not likely that there was a boat leaving for Tarshish every day. What are the chances? When we decide to disobey God, There is so often a boat ready to go to Tarshish, right? Oh, and by the way, there's always room for one more passenger. Mm -hmm. So what are the chances that a man would have the money in his pocket to pay the fare for the ship going to the faraway city he wanted to go to the exact day he wanted to leave? 
When we decide to run from the Lord, Satan will always make a way to get there, right? Anyway, whatever, back to the Bible. Jonah 1, verse 5 to 16. Now, this is the Liz paraphrase. What that means is, it's not straight from Scripture. I'm going to put my own terms to it so we'll go a little bit quicker, okay? Liz paraphrase. So, verse 5, a huge storm came, like hurricane status storm, big deal. Everyone's freaking out, like freaking out, and praying to whoever they thought would listen, gods, idols, whoever, to get them out of this storm. So Jonah decides, you know, I'm just going to wait it out, take a nap, right? The captain gets real angry that Jonah's sleeping this one out, so he goes down to the boat, wakes up Jonah. Now, side note, I can so relate to the captain, okay? Um, As I mentioned, you saw the crazy that is my life. I have two adorable, sweet, lovey babies. Middle of the night, they could literally be screaming in Jeremy's eardrum, and he would not flinch. I mean, like, literally, they could be screaming in his face. He would not roll over, you know? So I am feeling it with the captain. How are you sleeping through this? Are you kidding me? Right? Now, here's another great part of the story of Jonah. Again, one of the many reasons I love Jonah. Verse 7 says, the sailors were trying to figure out who to blame for the storm. So they cast lots, right? Now, kids, basically, casting lots means they flip the coin to figure out whose fault it was. Flip the coin. So what I love about that, how great would that be? Like, crisis happens in our life, tragedies arise, and you say, you know what, I'm going to flip a coin and figure out who to blame for this one. Yes. I wish that we lived in the cast lots system of life, right? I'm going to blame somebody. Anyway, I just love that part. Anyway, so... Um, back to the Bible. Jonah, at this point, fesses up. He says he's running from the Almighty God. Told the sailors, you know, just throw me in. Just over the side of the boat. The, the sailors are like, okay, that's a little drastic. So they decide to throw all the cargo, because, I mean, who needs that, right? Let's just throw the cargo overboard first. And then guess what happens? The storm gets worse. Um, so, verse 16, they threw Jonah in. The water. Like, he's off the boat, and the storm calms down. Now, this is the part of the story with Jonah where um, I think he knew it was all over. Now, Jonah knew he hadn't listened to God. He had caused all the trouble. The ship was breaking apart. The sailors don't have any supplies anymore. I mean, Jonah knew he had lost. He was out, right? The end of his rope, hands are up. I surrender. You win. And the best closing line, verse 17. Now, the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. Because that's normal, right? That happens. Now, again, uh, we have the benefit um, of knowing this historical story, right? Jonah, the whale, whatever. Um, But you have to remember that at the time of Jonah's story, Jonah was Jonah. (laughs) And he didn't get to rely on, like, you know what, I bet there might be a big fish to swallow me. No, like, Jonah was living the story. See, we have have the privilege of, you know, being lost or stranded at sea one day and saying, you know what, maybe God's going to send the giant fish to swallow me up like he did Jonah. No, Jonah didn't have the promise of rescue because Jonah was Jonah. Like, there wasn't a story about Jonah before Jonah, right? He was living the story. So they threw him... In the sea that day, he did not have the promise of a rescue. He was not counting on that giant whale of a fish to swallow him up. He knew he disobeyed. 
And in Jonah's mind, it, it, was, it was over. And this is the part of Jonah I just, I can resonate so strongly with. How often do I fight against God? How often do I fight against his plan? How often do I fight against his timing, his call? How often do I purposefully walk in the opposite direction of where I think he is calling me to be? And it's funny because I find excuses, right? Like I say, well, people of Tarshish, they need Jesus, so I'm just going to go preach in Tarshish, right? Or I say, like, God knows my heart. He's not going to call me to Nineveh because he knows I don't want to go there, so I must not be listening, right? I don't want to go to Nineveh. God won't send me where I don't want to go, right? And yet, when it falls apart, when the hurricane's upon him, the ship is breaking up, the sea is raging, Jonah still doesn't listen. Hello, can I get an amen? Like, yeah. He still doesn't listen. At this point in the story, you would think Jonah still had a choice. Like, he's on the edge of the ship. There's a sailor on either arm getting ready to pitch him in. At this point, I would think if I were Jonah... Like, that's when you cry out. That's when you like, sorry, I'll go, I'll go, fine, I'll go. Send me to Nineveh. But no, scripture says, Jonah just says, throw me in. I'm out, I lost, right? He'd given up. He threw his hands up. He said, I quit. But God sent a giant fish. And Jonah's story changed. So Jonah chapter 2 is all about Jonah's prayer to the Lord. I wonder at what point with Jonah, as he's bobbing there in the sea, did he change his tune? Like, I can picture, this is just the way my kid's pastor brain works. He's, he's like clinging to the debris that the, the sailor threw overboard. And the ship is in the distance, right? Like, and he sees the giant fish circling underneath him. At what point does Jonah say, okay, okay, I got it, great. Jonah 2.2 says this, in my distress, I called to the Lord, he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. I feel like I'm safe to say that there is a little bit of Jonah in all of us, and a whole lot of Jonah in most of us, right? Right? And there are a lot of similarities I can see within myself and Jonah. This is maybe one of the greatest and one that I'm least proud of. When Jonah is beyond hope, when there is absolutely no other way, when all other lifelines are out, then he cries out to the Lord. All of Jonah, too, is his prayer of thanksgiving to the Lord, declaring God's goodness. Declaring God's favor, his grace on Jonah's life. Jonah had lost all hope of rescue. He had been thrown overboard and with just cause, right? He knew, he knew he had disobeyed God. He knew he wasn't worthy of a second chance. But God's grace came in the form of a giant fish. Now, grace, that is a word we know, right? Like, it's a good word. We sing about it. It's a church word. It's familiar. But I think grace is maybe the hardest doctrine in the Bible to accept, right? 
grace isn't hard to understand. It's the application of grace that we as humans struggle with. So in the belly of that giant fish, I'd say somewhere around day two, right? Because Jonah's in the fish for three days, three nights. I'm guessing day two-ish, like when he's kind of over the shock of like, holy smokes, I'm living in a fish, right? Like the shock has worn off. I think Jonah begins to recognize this outrageous, unmerited, undeserved, unlimited grace of Almighty God. Jonah 2.9 sums it up best. It says this, But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. There is no better phrase in all of the Bible that better sums up grace than that. Salvation comes from the Lord. Now, kids, in plain English, here's what that means. No one else can save you. Nothing else can save you. God always wins. Salvation comes from the Lord. And of course, they closed Jonah 2 with the giant fish, puking Jonah up on the dry land. Great ending to that dramatic saga, right? Um, and it's hilarious. If you read the rest of Jonah, you'll discover that he continued to struggle through life, Jonah did. Actually, the book of Jonah ends with him pouting with God. Like you would think he would have learned a lesson in the fish, but whatever. So Jonah, right? Today on Life is a Circus Day, and as we get into these next weeks of this sermon series, I share this passage from Jonah for a few reasons. His life was crazy. Like, his life was the kind of crazy that makes me and my life feel normal. Right? Like, jo Jonah was nuts. Can, can anyone else relate to crazy? Like, can anyone else relate to busy? Right? You guys are like, hello, right? Busy schedules, high demands, ridiculous expectations. I can't tell you how many times I find myself saying, if I could just get through this week. But the crazy doesn't stop, right? It's always more crazy, more hectic, more stressful. And honestly, it's funny, as I was thinking about life as a circus today, sometimes I find myself saying, if life was only a circus, because at least a circus is fun and entertaining, right? But honestly, it's hard to imagine life as a circus sometimes. Because there are seasons of life that are not fun. And there are seasons of life that are not entertaining. Seasons of life that are not the sugary blue snow cone at 9 a.m. Thank you, parents. Right? What about when life is hard? What about when life seems joyless? When you can't hear anything but the negative? When you feel guilty, shameful, fearful, doubtful? And to top it all off, when you're in the midst of those places, those hard places, it's so easy to remember the good old days, isn't it? Like how it used to be. Like for me, I think like Jonah is there, deserted on his little piece of debris. Like this is the way my brain works. Like that's my picture. There's a fish circling underneath him. He's like holding on to the crate. I wonder if Jonah was like, man, where was I a week ago? Right? 
Like, before this whole crazy talk of Nineveh, like, where was I then? The good old days. Before God turned his world upside down. I know for me, as, you know, as a Christian, I, I think, I can remember that place well, right? As a new believer, for me, what, I think back, it, I felt so close to God. You know, like, daily quiet times were, like, not rushed, <laughs> You know, like they were a part of your day and like hearing from the Lord was like the thing you needed just to make it through. I remember those times. Prayer was the primary language, right? Like you just, it was nothing to just be like, oh God, I need you today. I remember those times. This week as I, as I was preparing this message, I shouldn't have done it, but I really shouldn't have. I began asking God, God, is there a Nineveh in my life? Now, some of you are like, okay, what, what does that mean? Like, weird. And you kids are like, Nineveh, what? Is there a Nineveh in my life? What that, what that looks like is Nineveh might be whatever pulls you out of your comfort zone. And Nineveh might be the place that God is calling you that you don't want to go. Nineveh are the people who have hurt you deeply. And God says, I, I want you to still love them, and I, I want you to share me with them. Nineveh is danger. Nineveh is discomfort. Nineveh is whatever you hate, but God loves a lot. Last week, I had the fourth privilege of cleaning out my office, <laughs> which is hilarious. And as I was shuffling stuff around, I came across my old prayer journals. And they're hilarious, like jewels. Hilarious. Have you guys ever done that? Like you read, anyway, side note, but holy smokes. So I came across an old prayer journal. And of course, who doesn't want a distraction when you're doing something you don't want to do? So whatever, I just started flipping through. Um, And it's funny because I found this passage from way back when, 2007. I was young. I was naive. I didn't have a mortgage, I didn't have car payments, I didn't have a retirement plan, whatever. And I read this, and it startled me. I'll flip it open so that it's real life in my purple pen. You write purple pens when you're young and silly. I'm just joking. All my kids out there, purple pens are the best, right? Okay, and this is what it is. Ah, Lord. Would you consider sending me to the hard place? Lord, I know all the things that I am not, but I am experiencing all the things that you are. Would you choose to use me? And as I read that, I was like, who is that person? Because that's not me today. That's not me today. Back in 2007, who was that? So again, I I asked, you know, as I was preparing today, and I was like, God, do I have a Nineveh? Yeah, I do. I I have a Nineveh, but I am too busy focusing on my car set. I'm too busy focusing on all the things I don't don't want to worry about this because I, I would rather that. And as I talked to God this week about it and and just kind of like 
mean, I'm going to be talking about it on Sunday. I probably should start to do something about it in my own life, right? God talked, he, he brought me to the scripture, Hebrews 13, 8. And it says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The whole book of Jonah had nothing to do with Jonah. It had everything to do with God. It had everything to do with hearing his voice. It had everything to do with his call. It had everything to do with his wrath against Nineveh. Like, it wasn't a good place, y'all. Like, it, it had nothing to do with this puny little man, Jonah. It had everything to do with his mercy, his plan, his forgiveness. Now, some of you in this room are in your circus, which is nice, and it is awesome. Like, it is like glitter and unicorns and all the sugary things, right? I have a, a, a friend who just got married a few weeks ago, and her and her sweet little new husband just got back from their honeymoon, and we got together this week. And, like, she just smiles all the time, you know, and talks about life. And he, like, says something not funny. She giggles. Like, it's awesome. I don't get it. <gasps> but she is in this beautiful, sugary, sweet place, and it's rock star. Like, rock on. And some of you, right, are in this room today, and your circus is anything but that. It's hard. It's difficult. It's painful. Now, some of you might feel like you're on the side of the ship with sailors on either side, and you're like, I don't know what's next. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's kids. Maybe it's all that, <laughs> all the things. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. Those of you in that sweet spot when life is good and Jesus is near and just beautiful. Because in a few months or maybe a few years, when you hit a bump, you got to remember that God is the same then as he is today, as he is in this moment. And for those of you who are on the edge of the ship and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do. God is the same today as he was then, way back when, when you open your ridiculous prayer journal from however long ago, and you're like, I don't even know who that person was. But I got God then, and I, I would love to understand God now like that. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm going to invite a, a musician up. She's just going to play some music. And, and um, here's the thing. In the same way that God forced me and is forcing me to deal with me, this week in my circus, I'd like to give y'all a chance to do that if you would like to. In iKids, we call this a response time, right? And we have like crayons up at the altar. I don't have crayons for you today, my bad. But it looks however you want it to. So if you want to come to the altar, rock on. If you want to bring your family up and pray over the crazy that is your life, rock on. If you want to stay in your seat, rock on. If you want to rejoice in the glittery, beautiful God of your life right now, then awesome. If you want to cry out and just say, Lord, this is rough, and I don't know what tomorrow looks like, rock on. Do that too. But this is a time for you to just kind of connect. It's not going to be weird and awkward because that's not fun. But hear Jesus today. Because this week, I did not want to deal with Nineveh. And I did not want to look at that because Tarshish, was my control and Tarshish 
was what I could handle. But God asked me to get beyond that because he was going to be the same for me there as he is then and now. So just take a second and feel free to connect with the Lord.